0: If you have been waiting to get your hands on some Ag Chicks merch, now is the time to do so. All of the Ag Chicks merch will be on sale on the website if you use code AGCHICKS at checkout. All of the Ag Chicks merch, meaning hats and t-shirts and stickers, will be on sale to help you prep for the holidays and make sure that everyone has some Ag Chicks merch going into the new year. Macy Hurst was born and raised on a cow-calf operation in mid-Missouri, where she quickly found her love for the beef industry and community. She went to school to study agricultural communications and ag business so that she could better tell the story of the industry and promote it. After an unfortunate family situation ended ranching as they knew it, Macy, her mom, and sister started Lady Livestock Company, a registered black Angus herd through which they share the beef story and encourage women in agriculture. In addition to her passion for cattle, she spends her days selling print, working alongside many ag publications and businesses, advocating for the industry through speaking engagements and social media, as well as traveling and soaking up as much time with loved ones as possible. Please help me welcome Macy to Ag Chicks Podcast. Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks Podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. All right, Macy. Well, this is a long overdue episode, I feel like. So I'm super glad to have you on today and to kind of chat a little bit more about you and all the things you have going on because you are, I think you definitely over rival me in terms of the amount of stuff you have going on and just being busy and going and doing all of the things. So uh, I'm glad I was able to, to pin you down for a solid 30 minutes, hopefully today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I know, um, thanks to NCBA's Trailblazer, of course, we finally got to connect in person, but I know for, like, it felt like a couple years there, we were Instagram friends, and we were at all the same conferences and events, and and never got to meet, so I'm glad to have met you in person, and to um get to be on AgJix. I know, that's what is so funny
0: about social media, Uh, that i feel like i know these people and and then when you meet them in real life and it's almost like you don't really know what to talk about because you're like i already know everything and it's kind yeah. of like a weird phenomenon of like <laughs> i know you but i don't know you but i do and like i know what's going on uh so yes so i'm glad that we have obviously had a uh, instagram friendship right mm-hmm. but then we've we've developed it into a in irl friendship as well <laughs> <laughs> uh But Macy, you have, I think, such a a unique story. I mean, obviously, as everyone does, but I think that your story in terms of being involved in not only agriculture, but the cattle industry is so unique. And so I'm excited to kind of get to share that today with, with the listeners. So if you don't mind, let's start from the beginning in terms of kind of where and how you grew up um, and kind of your, your initial connection to agriculture, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a little bitty town in Missouri, um, really right in the middle of Missouri, a town of about 200 people. And um, we had a feed store, a church and a gas station and my parents owned the gas station. So it was one of those towns. Um, And we had a cow-calf operation in addition to several different businesses. But uh, the cow-calf one is kind of where I got my passion for uh, the industry of agriculture. In fact, I joke sometimes that I always knew I would have cattle because at that young of an age I didn't realize there were people who didn't. Um everyone I knew did, all of our friends and neighbors did and almost all of them also had jobs in town and um it wasn't until I was in high school where I got really involved in FFA where I thought, "Oh, I can actually work an ag job in town and still have cattle at home and get to kind of pursue those passions in um in a couple different areas. So, um, was very, very active in FFA. I lived and breathed it for about six years, um, doing the whole state officer experience and doing some, uh, facilitation and training and stuff post state officer experience. And then went to Missouri State University and got degrees in agricultural communications and ag business marketing and sales with a minor in Spanish. And then, um, during college, um, so my parents, actually got divorced about my senior year of high school. And um, it was not a a good one. And um, it led to a lot of unexpected turns and obviously our family life, but also my involvement in agriculture. And um, we basically shortly after that happened, kind of found ourselves in the ashes of it all. And our entire farm had been liquidated. Um, My cattle, my siblings, cattle, um, my parents, pretty much everything that I had come to know and love my whole life. And so my mom and my sister and I kind of sat there and had a conversation about what's next. And we realized that we were still really passionate about it. We had a passion for the animals, for the land, for the people that we were raising, those animals to feed so we did a little research we did a little traveling and we found a herd of registered black angus cattle that we really believed in and we bought the whole thing and we just uh, started over again and so was born lady livestock company so it was just the three of us and um, it was not easy <laughs> uh, there were a lot of hard lessons learned not only in kind of starting from scratch but also Starting from scratch with family. I have so much respect for people who can be in business with family because, as much of a blessing as it is, it is not easy. Um, so, lots of just lessons learned. And um, I was a full time college student at the time, taking 24 credit hours and working two jobs. And my mom um, owned a couple of businesses in addition to that. And then my sister was still in high school when it all started. So um, yeah, just so such a big learning experience, but such a blessing too. And um, it's been so much fun. And again, not easy. I mean, this year, like a lot of people, we were in a pretty serious drought. So we ended up selling um, a little over two thirds of our herd, which sucked, obviously. Um, A lot of those those cows were some of our foundational herd from when we restarted. So it it was a bummer to see them go, but at the same time, um, you know, it was kind of, it was time for a little bit of a refresh and um, that drought kind of forced us into that. Uh, but again, some of those lessons learned and such a blessing to be able to do that, to be part of such a small group of individuals who are blessed to get to work with those animals and to be part of um, the food supply chain in that way. And um, kind of reinvest in in the, the land and the environment as um, cattle producers and farmers and ranchers um, prioritize so yeah that's my mom Stacy my sister Emma and I uh, we are still doing that my sister's now the full-time college student I work full-time in addition to some side jobs and my mom is I'm kind of transitioning out of the business ownership world and um, I think Slow transitioning into that retirement um stage, but and then we've got some some men in our lives now who are uh, awesome, huge help, great supporters. Uh, so very thankful for, for them too. Awesome, yeah. And so
0: I think when we finally met in person, right, and we went through all of the media training and all that stuff for NCba uh, and I finally kind of heard your story for the first time, I was just like blown away that not only did you feel so connected to your roots and just like the cattle industry to want to do it. But then the fact that you guys really started over and and built it to what you guys wanted it to be and did that with the three of you, which I think is just a really kind of unique and and cool experience to be able to say you did that with your mom and your sister. Uh, But then also to be able to say that it was something that you guys built as well. You know, you quite literally from the ground up, like like you said.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun too, because obviously the circumstances from which we had the opportunity to rebuild were not great, would not wish that on anybody, but the family and the farm kind of operation we were coming from was not super supportive of women in agriculture, and so it was really neat that whenever we started lady livestock company we were like oh wait a second we get to make these decisions and like we are the ones who get to kind of be at the forefront of um the operation and we get to make these herd health decisions and um you know we're the ones taking them to the barn and um it it was just really neat to kind of get full ownership over that because it really truly was the three of us and and it was very very empowering again not easy um but I mean, that applies to men and women, I think, trying to get into agriculture, whether it's for the first time or, um, coming from experience, uh, it's just kind of a tough industry to crack. And, um, we are so grateful to have the support system. We do, you know, we've got great, um, market owners near us. We've got great friends and neighbors and, um, that goes so far. And, you know, that includes a lot of men and women. So very thankful for them. And, um, for again, just the opportunity to be a part of this industry. We love so much.
0: Yes, absolutely. And um, I do kind of want to go back just for a second to your state officer experience, because I don't know if I've had a state officer on uh, the podcast. (laughs) So if you wouldn't mind, because I know that is something that is a huge commitment. And so really, I want to have you share some of the details of that. Um, but also to show like what a huge commitment that is, while you are also a college student and running a business and having cattle and all the things that you did have going on. So what was your state officer experience like? Uh, Because, well, I guess my biggest question is, um, obviously what it was like, but then I wonder like the differences between states too, right? I'm sure there's a little bit of a different approach to each state. Uh, Were you traveling a lot? Like, what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So um, to add to that, to kind of the busyness of it all parallel to my state officer year, I was also crowned the Missouri Beef Queen. So um, I, my family was like, do you not have enough on your plate? But um, no, the state officer thing was uh, incredible. It was something that I knew from the moment I got involved in FFA that I wanted to do because I felt like FFA had given me so much. I wanted to be in a position where I could give back to the members that were years behind me. And it feels like it was a hundred years ago now, but, um, 2016, 2017, uh, and, and Missouri, we're kind of unique because we have such a large membership base. I think we're top five, um, uh, membership numbers and Missouri state-wise is so, uh, is pretty good size. And so, you know, it takes three to four hours to get to any corner of the state from where I live, which is perfectly central. So, um, it was neat because I did get to travel a lot we each have kind of our own designated areas and so I got to be really close with the the members in that area and those advisors and um, got to go to their ceremonies and get to speak at their, um, their different events and meetings and everything and it was so neat because I, you know, now I get to watch those same members graduate from college and get married and start having kids and so uh, that's really cool but also just the personal growth that occurred. Um, FFA is where I found my passion for public speaking, which is now kind of my main medium for advocating for agriculture. And without my experiences in not only competitive public speaking, but state officer experience, there's no way I would be able to, um, you know, kind of get up in front of some of the, the groups that I'm super excited to have the opportunity to now um, and then this past summer, I actually was asked back to FFA camp and I was their opening keynote speaker. So um, again, just kind of coming full circle that, you know, getting to do those volunteer opportunities uh, to give back to the organization that gave gave me so much. So um, yeah, in Missouri, like I said, a little bit unique. I know in some states, they take a full year off of college or work or whatever that is. Some of them live like in kind of some like almost fraternity and sorority type. Um, you know, like they're all together and they all go yeah. through that experience together. And it's like a full-time job. Um, we do it in uh kind of throughout like our college experience too, which is nice because um, you know, I went to college with a lot of the members that were, you know, just a year or two behind me. And uh, so it's really fun. I think FFA is an incredible organization and the community it builds and some of the skills and leadership opportunities it provides young people are just priceless
0: yeah no I totally agree and I think for me sometimes I mean I wasn't a state officer or anything like that but now I think in some of the roles that I've been afforded which looking back I mean it all really did stem from being involved in FFA and uh high school organization capacity, but uh, going back and kind of speaking with current members is so rewarding, but also refreshing because sometimes I really wonder, right, about the future of our nation and our uh, industry of agriculture, but spending seriously 15 minutes with FFA members and you are totally like rejuvenated in the fact that like we're going to be fine because these kids are bright and they're doing incredible things. Um, So I think for me, at least, that's been a rewarding experience to be able to go back and kind of play that different role of, I don't know, mentor is the right word to use, but kind of that next level of being able to be involved in a different capacity. Uh, So that's been a fun thing for me, at least. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, also, so you talked about public speaking, uh, which I want to come back to in just a second, but your real job, full-time job is not necessarily directly um in agriculture so can you talk a little bit about that and maybe like how you kind of got there because it in my mind it does play all of your strengths into like the perfect position Um, but obviously it's not fully invested in agriculture so if you wouldn't mind kind of talking through that a little bit
1: yes okay thank you for asking because i absolutely love what i do and i think that part of it um sometimes gets left out you know when i get talking about agriculture which so closely tied at the same time but my full-time job is i'm an account executive for modern litho print company which is based out of here in missouri but we print for customers all over the country and really a few um uh, overseas too but it's um just a commercial and publication print company and i came across modern litho um because prior to my position now i was the chief editor for cattleman's magazine And I just got kind of close with the individual that was serving as my account executive. And he said, you know, we have a ton of agricultural clients and we don't have any account executives who come from that background or from that um, industry. And he said, we could really use somebody that understands them. And so, uh, Anyway, I came on board and I absolutely love it. I work with customers in all different types of industries, but a lot in agriculture. And it is so nice because, you know, they'll ask me questions about, um, about, things that are print specific, but then we also get to have conversations about agriculture. So like for example, when they go to print their magazine and they're trying to get their page numbers ready, like I know that in March they're going to have a really fat issue because bull sales are coming up. So like just that little bit of background that we kind of get to connect on and that we can serve each other better in that way um, has been such a blessing. And then also just to kind of grow that community of um agriculturalists that I've been so blessed to learn from whether that's um you know through my time at I I've, I've been with the Missouri Beef Industry Council um for an internship I worked for Missouri Cattlemen's for a few years and so just kind of getting to continue to build on those experiences and Um, meet those leaders in the industry who I can continue to learn from and then hopefully I can be a resource to them too when it comes to their communications Uh, so that's been really really neat and then also working with people who are not from the agriculture industry whenever they learn that I am they have these questions that are part of the reason why we advocate, right? Where does my food come from? Should I be concerned about anything? You know, what is this I heard about in the news? Is it something that I need to look into further? And so it just gives me another avenue through which I can hopefully be a good representative of um, the beef and agriculture industries.
0: Buy ranchers, for ranchers. Together, let's make ranching easier. Previously known as Cattle Back Box, Strayhorn has rebranded to better match their ability to push the envelope in creating innovative animal management products to serve the ranching community. Strayhorn is rooted in tradition and ranching legacy, but they believe in the opportunity of looking at things with a new perspective to drive the industry forward. Check out all of the things that Strayhorn has to offer you and your herd. Yeah, that was actually going to be kind of my follow up question was, um, obviously, you have lots of customers, I'm sure who are in agriculture, who I'm assuming they appreciate the fact that you (laughs) get it. Because sometimes I feel like communications, right, and marketing and all that is the same across the board. But yet, it's also really different when you're talking about agriculture, because there's Certain things that you just have to have included, or certain aspects that just mean a lot to whoever uh, the person who is marketing things. Um, so I'm assuming they obviously really appreciate the fact mm-hmm. that you kind of understand the whole model behind it. But then your, I think you probably bring a unique perspective to those who are not involved in agriculture, not only through the knowledge that you can provide them of just, you know, agricultural information, but also then that unique perspective of marketing through ag uh, to kind of give a different edge to things as well. So um, I'm sure that serves you well on
1: both sides. Yeah, it's been fun too. And I think agriculture is such a, a, you know, I've used this word, I don't know how many times, but community. We uh, just, I think there's kind of this like inherent trust between people who we know are from similar backgrounds or um agriculturally and so you know like i connect really quickly with cattle people because that's that's what i know and that's where my experience comes from and so uh, getting to build that rapport with those individuals and then getting to see them at you know the cattle cons and i'm on the livestock publications council board and so many of the folks that i work with on my di- at my day job and then I'm on the board with, and then I get to see it. I have media summit and all these different events or events that I'm even at just as a cattle producer. I get to see my customers because, you know, we're all working on behalf of the same industry. So yeah, it has been really fun. And my, my company is so incredibly supportive of agriculture. And um, whenever I accepted the position with Modern Litho, I had this kind of identity crisis because I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm an ag person. Like I, I work for ag companies. I work for ag groups. I write for ag magazines. Like I'm an ag person. And so getting to be the ag person at a non-specific agriculture organization and then still get to serve those same people I was serving in other roles has been a huge blessing. And then of course, having my company kind of behind me to um, support me in like my agricultural endeavors too has been a huge blessing.
0: Yeah, I know you and I kind of had a couple conversations about um, things when we were traveling for trailblazers and you were like, yeah, they're just so supportive. And that is fantastic because I think those types of relationships are really the ones that are going to help kind of move the industry forward in terms of them understanding what it is that we do in agriculture and then also being supportive of the kind of capacity that um, someone who's as involved as you are plays in all of those different roles that you're in. So um, that's, I think, a unique uh, and just like refreshing stance to hear from a non-ag company. So um, I think that's very cool. But then along the lines of traveling and doing all of the going to all the different conferences and conventions and stuff because I know you are literally at one I feel like every week I like go on Instagram and like oh Macy's here this week Macy's in Fort Worth Macy's in uh Denver you know what I mean like I feel like you're all over the place but is that something that like as you have grown and kind of you know really got your stride in this position that you're in is that something that you I'm I mean I'm sure you've enjoyed it to some capacity but what has it been like to kind of have to be on the road for your job, but then also manage all these different things that you have going on.
1: It can certainly be a lot, but I just think back to when I was like a high schooler and a college student, and you know, I see those things on Instagram all the time about like, like, don't forget to stop and recognize that you're living um, what you used to pray about or like Mm -hmm. what younger you used to dream about. And that's so true because- you know, I wanted a job where I was fulfilled and I was aligned, um, morally and like mission-wise with the company I was working for. I wanted a job where I could still have cattle and be active in the agricultural world. And then also I have a few like freelance and contract gigs with some ag groups. And so being able to continue that, um, in addition to a day job, and then also get to travel and see the world and, um, all these things. And that's, I'm living it. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I am kind of getting to the point in my life to where I'm the being gone all the time is wearing on me. I'm not as young as I used to be, but um, no, it's, it's been incredible. And the opportunities that come from getting to travel, the people that I get to meet and the things I get to see. And um, it's so neat. And the fact that I can you know, most, a lot of that travel is for my job. And then a lot of the other travel is for um, ag advocacy type things. And so, you know, being able to do my job and fulfill my passion of being a, an advocate for the beef industry while I'm traveling, I, I mean, I couldn't ask for more. So yeah, love it. Um, funny thing, people, are always surprised to hear this since I do travel so much, but I hate flying. I hate it so much. And so I love a good road trip. If it's under like 10 hours on the road, I will drive any day and it, it drives some people in my life crazy. Um, but so yeah, like we were talking beforehand, I just got back from Fort Worth last week and it's a full six weeks before I have to travel again. Drove to Fort Worth. Next time I travel will be to Orlando for National Cattlemen's uh, Convention. So that will be a plane ride, but um, again, just blessed to be able to have those opportunities.
0: Yeah, I know. I feel like when we were in Denver last, we were talking about, I think Southwest credit cards. I think that's how it all came up. (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, I actually hate flying. And I was like, wait, what? You travel so much. How do you hate flying? That's true, Um,
1: but I do love my Southwest credit card.
0: (laughs) Heck yeah, racking in those points. That's what I'm like, oh, can I put this on the Southwest card? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see if we can get a free flight out of this one. Uh (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, and and kind of along those lines of traveling, uh, I do want to kind of talk about NCBA and our time as trailblazers because I don't know about you, but for me, it was first, I think a very humbling experience because being in the room with the caliber of individuals that we had in our cohort, I, like, the. I remember the first day going back to my hotel room, like, after that first night, we all met, and I was like, I do not belong here, like, these people are, like, literally industry leaders, and all the things I thought I knew about agriculture and cows, like, I don't know anything, like, I'm so, am out of my league here, but I think one thing that has been so nice about our group is that we are so different and we do really come from all different sides of the industry to where we've been able to learn from each other. I think so much, not only have we traveled and like done some cool things and seen some really unique things, but just like our conversations in the evenings, when we, you know, get back to the hotel, like those are some, I think my highlights to where I learn about, you know, what Rocky does in, in Montana or, Um, what Sam's doing in the feed yard and those kinds of conversations. So I would like to hear from your perspective, kind of what your journey and experience has been uh, in terms of kind of all we've done in the past year, which has gone by so quickly. I feel like
1: it really has. And um, same to everything you just said. I, before I left for trailblazer, I had this like realization of who I was going to meet and I, I, yeah, the same thought. I was like, how did they make a mistake? Like, I don't I know, know here. These people are so, you know, have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers on social media or, you know, have like years and years of experience as leaders in their, their sector of the beef industry or whatever that was, um, or have awesome podcasts. And, you know, <laughs> so, so I had that same thought, but, I heard something on the radio a couple years ago that really stuck with me and they credited it to like Tupac I think but it basically was a quote quote saying like if you're at the table you're there for a reason and that I think about that a lot because I am a firm believer that um, everything happens for a reason and that like God's plans are bigger and so sometimes I just have to remind myself that like okay, this is happening for a reason. And while I may feel, feel underqualified, like, instead of, you know, letting this imposter syndrome kind of ruin the experience for me, like, I need to take full advantage of the fact that I'm surrounded by people who are so good at what they do and have so much experience and have such different experiences than I do. And I, like you said, I think our group was the perfect example of that. We have people from all over the country and, Um, from such diverse backgrounds and operations and experiences and um, it was such a a good networking opportunity in terms of uh, you know I have very 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 little like hard animal health like science experience but Paige is getting ready to graduate as a vet you know and so to meet her and get to connect with her and um, be resources to each other and then um, you know you mentioned Sam has Years of experience in feed yards and um, labor, and it, it was so interesting to hear his perspectives from his part of the industry. And okay, like this, this is an issue that in my part of the world and my kind of like scope of uh, beef industry experience, I haven't dealt with. So to kind of see this like full scope of um, like this full picture of the beef industry and get to hear all these perspectives, but then also get to use those people as resources as we all go forward as advocates I think is going to serve us as a group and also an in industry so so well and um, I cannot credit NCBA more and of course Chandler and Paul are fearless leaders for that experience because I, I feel like I grew so much and I think it it made me not only a better advocate but a better person and getting to meet you guys and make those memories, it's just something I'm so totally grateful for, so I'm really excited as we go forward, and um, in in my personal life, you know, we're kind of at a point to where we're looking at the future, you know, like, am I going to start my own herd in addition to Lady Livestock Company? I've kind of been in the land search, and so it's like, how can I use my personal experiences? How can I get transparent? How can I um, find the kind of the audience that I'm looking for to share those experiences where it has the most impact on consumer trust basically is that's my end goal um, when it comes to advocacy is just to to make consumers feel like they can trust us because there's really you know there's I, I'd love to say there's no reason for them not to trust us but I don't feel that we as an industry have done a good enough job of giving them enough reason to trust us so that's mm-hmm. my end goal is to just be transparent and um give them a place where they can come to ask questions and they can learn about all the things uh, beef industry and um yeah that this experience I feel like gave me gave me the tools to do that and more
0: yes I could not agree more and I think Right there along the lines of what you just said in terms of end goal being kind of consumer trust. I mean, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, exactly like where I feel like I fit into this whole thing of advocacy, especially with kind of my grad school and all that, but yet it's still such a huge challenge. So I feel like through Trailblazers and like, especially like our group and then the group before us now, cause we got to meet some of them. We at least have like a sounding board where we can take something to another, like another individual and be like hey this is what I'm thinking get like help me think through this or like help me come up with a plan here whether that's something to implement in like real world you know labor feedlot that side of things cow calf operation animal health side of things um, or just like on our own operation or social media like we have like a full scope of all of these really unique experts and I think exactly what you said about like you're sitting at the table for a reason. And that's kind of a similar realization that I had in terms of, okay, I, I am here for a reason. And I need to figure out maybe, maybe that reason isn't what I thought it was when it <laughs> initially started. But what can I get from this experience to kind of help, uh, you know, continue to move the needle forward. And so I think that's been something that I've really enjoyed is just having a, another group of people who are really good at what they do, and to have them to just not only as great friends, because I feel like we have all gotten so close, but also um just to be able to to bounce ideas off of each other, which has been nice. I mean, I feel like our, our group chat is I'm okay. It slowed down a little bit. I'm gonna contribute that maybe to the holidays, but I'd say pretty frequently like somebody's yeah. putting something in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's so cool because so many of the people in our cohort are like very, very active. Um, in that group and on social media and to see all the things that they're doing but then also to like for example something that I was really intimidated by going into trailblazers was that social media while I'm on it and I'm active like it's not really my jam like I'm not mm-hmm. that good at it and so it made me nervous because I thought like this is training to be like a social media influencer right right and it was so much more than that and you know like Sam doesn't even have social media <laughs> he's oh a LinkedIn goodness. king <laughs> no one to do with it if he did force him but um to to hear you know like I I love speaking to people in groups one-on-one what I speak to a lot of high school groups and um so kind of getting that affirmation that like that's still effective advocacy and shout out to the checkoff for um you know this program It it gave me Kind of a renewed faith in where our checkoff dollars are going, knowing that they are actively working to promote the industry and um to reinvest in the future of our industry so uh yeah big fan of big fan of how um how those resources are are being used and how that's gonna come back to to benefit us and especially I think our kind of demographic as we go forward and we start our operations or we continue the ones that the generations before us started we can i think be pretty confident in um in the support that we have as as producers but yeah as far as our our group and kind of the network that we each got to build i think that is so important in any industry or um in any you know professional role i think i always tell When I speak to high school and college groups, I tell them like, find your, find your like committee, find a group of people that you can go to and say, Hey, I'm getting ready to make a big decision. What are your thoughts? And I'm super grateful. I have, my mom is an incredible businesswoman. She's a huge resource to me. I have a fantastic realtor. Um, You know, I've got some rental property and he's been super helpful in that. But even as I go forward in this land search, he's a huge advocate for me. One of my best friends from college is a commercial loans officer. So I know that I can go to him and and get some advice. And um, my boyfriend is very, very experienced and he's from Kansas and did his time on the feedlots. And so he's got a great scope of um, things when it comes to like operational cattle business. Um, My sister is phenomenal. Uh, You know, she's been my business partner for a few years and she's so, so like just logical when it comes to some things in ways that I'm like okay maybe I was a little approaching that a little emotionally but right (laughs) so yeah I just have this this awesome network of people that I can go to and say like hey I'm thinking about this what do you think and and also need to give credit to my brother-in-law he's and he's such a he's he's really good at tough love which I need more times um than not but um But yeah, just finding that, you know, maybe they're not relatives, maybe it's your advisor from college, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's whoever that you can go to and say, like, hey, I'm thinking about buying some cattle, what do you think? Or hey, I'm thinking about going back to get my master's, what do you think? Or um, I'm thinking about, you know, starting a business. And so those people who you know, are there to support you 100%, but in that support are not afraid to tell you that's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, that I think is such a imperative thing, especially, I mean, obviously, throughout your entire life, I think that's an important thing to have people in your corner, for sure. But then I think especially at a point right now, at least for me in my life of where, like, yes, I'm established, I'm definitely like an adult. But there's still a lot of things I'm trying to figure out and, like, figure out the directions I want to go in. And so to have people who'd either have experience or like you said, have tough love or a logic approach to things is definitely nice to have somebody to kind of help you along this journey of life because it is not easy. And, uh, sometimes you just need somebody in your corner to, to bounce things off of.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I think, especially at this kind of stage, I tell people all the time that, and I have not been through the rest, obviously like, the rest the years after this but I feel like your 20s are so uncomfortable just in terms of like growth and how much you have to like admit that you're wrong <laughs> or find things out the hard way and I was just speaking to a collegiate cattleman's group a couple weeks ago and I told him I said if if there's anything I can advise for your next few years it's learn to say I'm sorry learn to say I'm wrong and go to therapy because you are going to go through some really uncomfortable periods over the next couple of years, but that's gonna make you a better person, a better spouse, a better parent, a better business owner, a better you know employee, whatever that looks like. And um, yeah, having those people who can be there for you through that process is imperative.
0: Right, and actually like kind of along those lines that kind of triggers one last question for you. But as somebody who, and this is something I think that we relate on in terms of not only have like a million things going on, but kind of that whole, we're just at like that stage of life where we kind of know what we want to do, but there's still a little bit of uncertainty. What has been kind of your secret to success? And I don't even know if that's the right phrasing for it, but to kind of continue to push the envelope when maybe some people around you are very settled or like, don't understand why you're doing the things that you're doing. Uh, because at least I feel like for myself, my, I have friends that are like my best friends, like they're definitely there and they're in my corner, but they just don't understand. Like they don't get it. They're like, you have a, you know, an eight to five. Why can't that, why are you not happy in that? You know what I mean? Like, why are you doing all these other things? So do you have any advice for somebody who's kind of maybe feeling that like unsettledness of like wanting to do more. I feel like that's definitely a a hot topic, especially kind of in this w- world of women in agriculture. And uh, I just feel like women right now, especially in agriculture are not fitting the traditional mold of mm-hmm. kind of what they've always thought to be. So what, what are your thoughts on, I think that whole approach to the phenomenon that we have going on in the industry right now. And that was like a total word vomit, but
1: (laughs) I hope you understand where I'm going. (laughs) I do. It's such a good question. So first of all, I think finding something to be rooted in is so important. And for me, that's my faith and my family. Um, and just knowing that there's something consistent in your life that no matter where you are professionally or with your, um, you know, maybe your your health or your finances or whatever that there's going to be something there in your life consistently somebody or um something for me it's god in my family so that's really important something i'm currently trying to figure out is how to say no to the opportunities that are not right so you know in high school and college i was very much like okay every contest that comes my way every um you know, title, every ambassadorship, every conference I can go to or run for or, um, you know, experience, I need to say yes to every opportunity because A, who knows when I'm going to get them again and B, who knows where that will lead. Now, I'm kind of at the point where I'm realizing that no longer applies to this stage of life. And so learning to say no to the wrong things I think is so incredibly important while also not being afraid to say yes to the things that may be really big and scary looking, but that are right for your path. So um, that's another one. Mental health um, big. I'm a big advocate for that because I think in agriculture specifically, we're really bad about talking about it. And I call it like kind of this cowboy culture where, um, you know, it's kind of like toughen up or like, you know, people say be a man or whatever when, a lot of times that just kind of makes things worse as people start to bury their those issues and those struggles. And, um, you know, we have a disturbingly high suicide rate in agriculture and um, agriculture is, there's so much pressure and there's such a close tie between what we do to make money and what we do because we are passionate about mm-hmm. it. And that makes us unique as an industry, but that also means that our hearts and our souls are tied to those animals and those crops and that land and so whenever something goes wrong there it it can affect us pretty deeply and so um i think prioritizing your mental health is a is a very very important factor um and then just kind of finding what you love and i think that's a, that's hard for a lot of people and um you know i'm I consider myself so blessed to have been raised in agriculture and to have found that passion at such a young age, but it's not easy, but I think, um, you know, you said on a podcast, um, on one of your previous podcasts about sometimes finding what you don't love or trying something that you realize you hate is just as important as finding something that you do love, because that just means you're one step closer to figuring out where you're supposed to be in life. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was probably a lot of word vomit too. But <laughs> I also think that not letting other people's standards affect you, you know, like, um, I think that for, like you said, women in agriculture, there's a huge community of farm wives, which I think is awesome. You know, they, they are assets to their, to their operations and to their teams and they're great advocates for agriculture on Instagram and all that stuff. But like, if you don't want to be a farm wife, don't be a farm wife. Um, You don't, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. If you, if you don't, you know, want to uh, wear cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, but you want to have cattle, that's fine. Like there are so many different ways that you can approach um, agriculture or whatever your profession is and not fit the stereotypical mold, but still be totally successful. I mean, when we, when we first started, we were contacted by the Missouri Beef Industry Council and they were doing, um, some work with this woman, uh, Diary of a Debutante was her, um, handle and she had hundreds of thousands of followers and she had just moved to Missouri from Florida and she was promoting beef recipes, but had never seen, a. a a bovine animal in her entire life and so they called us and they said hey we have a young woman we think you guys would connect well why don't you bring her out to the farm so we did and it was funny because she got there and she's like you guys are not what I expected and we you know we kind of asked her about what her expectations were and she's like well you guys are super educated and like you're wearing jewelry and your hair is done and and you know like none of you were wearing overalls and um, it was really funny because the thing we bonded on the most was that my mom and sister and I were exhausted because we'd gotten back at three o'clock that morning from a Jonas Brothers concert <laughs> and she was like, oh, so cool. And so, you know, it, it's neat how whenever you're authentic, the reach that you can can kind of make the people you can connect with because... Um, they feel safe being authentic back to you. And also you just open yourself up to finding common ground um, in so many different areas. So yeah, just don't let other people's um imposed kind of standards or uh expectations of you limit your your passion, your desires, your abilities, and um your goals.
0: Yes, I think you absolutely hit the nail right on the head. I could not agree more with everything that you just mentioned. Um And I think too, right, we're at a unique stage where because of social media and all of these access points to other people, you quite literally have people at your fingertips. Now, are they going to respond? I don't know. But I mean, what's the worst that can happen if you truly have a question? I think that we are in, again, in a time where there is so much information that you are accessible or you have accessible that um, reach out to somebody if you have a question about what they're doing. And I think I wish people did that more when we're talking about agriculture, but uh, I think that we're moving in the right direction of of really trying to break down that wall. It's not easy. I don't even think we're really close, but we're starting.
1: Um, and yeah, so I can... for sure. That's another thing I tell um, young people a lot when I'm talking to them is ask.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, if you want an internship with the Four Sixes, reach out and ask. Right. If you want to know how you get involved with, um you know animal health stuff before you graduate from high school ask if you want whatever if you want a scholarship ask and if you don't ask the answer will always be no and sometimes right. the answer is going to be no if you do ask but what's the worst they can say yeah. no and then you're right back to where you started so um and i think the same goes too for just asking about uh you know stuff that you're not necessarily aware of or maybe comfortable talking about but you want to be just ask the people in your life ask that network ask you know somebody on instagram that you follow that talks about that reach out and ask and see if they would be willing to have a conversation um about that topic or uh, whatever that might be but yeah i think so often the fear of rejection is a huge inhibitor of progress for us and um Again, as agriculture, I think we need to do a better job of being recipients of those questions from consumers who do have concerns that we may think, you know, like why would they be concerned about where their food comes from? Because we see where it comes from, but they don't, and so right. we have to be better at um, being the answers to those questions. But yeah, just in general, I think a positive rule of thumb is ask.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. You never know until you ask, and that's, I think the biggest the biggest thing is just just ask. like you said if the worst that could be is no and so um and half the time if you're stressing out about asking the question there's going to be a good uh response or again yeah no is is the worst that it could be so um i think that's extremely vital advice just for anyone who may be dealing with a challenge or just kind of looking to the next thing um so i i could not agree more Uh, Well, Macy, as we wrap up today, I would like to uh, give you an opportunity to um, kind of let everyone know where they can reach you if they're looking to connect or maybe um, reach out for a speaking engagement. What is the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so Instagram is probably where I'm easiest um, to be found. Uh, Just macy.hurst, I think. Um, I'm also on Twitter, but I haven't really figured out how to use it. So, um, and then LinkedIn, big on LinkedIn, Facebook, of course. Um, and then my email is just Macy underscore her at AOL.com. And yes, there are still people who have AOL email addresses, but, um, again, any questions just ask, I'm happy to, um, I mean, if you want to come visit the ranch, if you need a guest speaker for your conference, if, um, you know, you want advice on how to get involved in agriculture, whatever that is, I, i am very excited to hopefully connect with your listeners and um, continue to uh, hopefully be a resource to, to folks interested in agriculture.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And if anybody is listening, please, uh, please, please, please reach out to Macy. She is a excellent resource in so many different things. So if there's anything that we talked about today, which I feel like we did cover a lot uh, please definitely utilize her to uh, kind of help you, with whatever you may be dealing with or, or interested in, um, well, Macy, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so glad that we finally were able to do this and I'm so bummed. I'm not going to see you in Orlando, um, but y'all have a blast and I can't wait to continue to watch all the really amazing things that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Right back at you, Ali. Thank you for having me and thank you for everything that you do. Um, for um, women in agriculture and agriculture as a whole. So we'll miss you in Orlando.
0: Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks for more agricultural related content. And also be sure to check out your favorite podcast gear from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.